Dean Legge, Matt DeBerry, another edition of Riding Home. It's Monday. Tua Tagvailoa has uh, com- uh, committed, has decided to leave to go to the NFL, which leaves essentially Jake Fromm. Uh, and class to start Tuesday, so at any moment here, including during this podcast, this show, um, you know, we could we could hear what's going on there. I think everybody feels like this is a fifty-fifty thing, uh, Matt. But over the, you know, your kind of your view of the world of of the Jake Fromm situation, then we'll get into some recruiting stuff. Yeah, I do think he's leaning towards staying. I don't think he got the draft grade that he was expecting. At least that's what we were kind of hearing last week. But I think he he probably should come back after the year that he just had. Um, I don't want to say he regressed. A lot of people might say that. But he definitely had a better freshman and sophomore campaign than he did last fall. So I think Jake wants to prove that he is one of the best quarterbacks in the country after last year. And you know, cement his Georgia legacy as you know a winner. He's obviously won a lot of big games, but he hasn't won that national championship. They should be reloaded and restocked, ready to go next year. He's got some weapons. The defense is obviously going to be very, very good. So I do think with Jake Fromm, if he decides to come back, that Georgia should make another you know national championship caliber run. So uh, I do think it's in his best interest to come back, and I do think that's what he will do uh, in the next day or hour or even minute. Huh. Yeah, it's tough to it's tough to do these shows in the middle of all this stuff. One thing, there's a couple of guys I would t- keep kind of an eye on um, as it relates to where Georgia with with Georgia's um, with the situation with Jake right now. I mean, honestly, we don't we don't know. I mean, our 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 my suspicion is that he will come back. But if someone's saying, "Oh, well, I think he's going to leave," you know. I mean, I'm not saying they're wrong because, because frankly, we we don't know, and and it's 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 it, this not a not an easy thing to figure out. Particularly, I mean, I think the Fromps have been extremely quiet about all of this. Uh, this time a year ago, you know, Jake would have left. So that makes you, if that makes you think one way or the other, then go ahead. But I think there's two guys to watch: former Sanford quarterback KJ Costello, who is in the portal now, I think, and then Wake Forest quarterback Jamie Newman. Those two guys. Our guys to watch for sure. We've heard their names for a little bit of time now. And then obviously you still have Stetson, Dwan Mathis, and Carson Beck who are in town now uh, at Georgia. So there's, I'll say this about whoever the quarterback is at Georgia in 2020, they're inheriting a heck of an offense, frankly. I mean, when you look at these receivers that are coming in, you know, Georgia has loaded up on my, on my, you know, how I, how I keep things and watch things, Matt, is I have this big board, as you know, and I keep track of every single player as they work their way through their eligibility at Georgia. And um, signing three top 100 players at wide receiver to go along with George Pickens and Don Blaylock when he gets back, not to mention Matt Landers, Demetrius Robertson, uh, Kiaris Jackson, who I think could, could certainly have a good year next year. These are guys that... You know, Georgia shouldn't have an issue at wide receiver next year. No, the receiver room is going to be very young, again, but very talented. I've spoken with parents of numerous Georgia, you know, now signees. And, you know, they say the biggest change in this class is going to be the receiver room. It's going to be flipped. And, again, it's going to be very young. But, man, I mean, these the 2019 and 2020 receiver hall that Georgia's brought in 
is very good. We've seen it already with the 2019s with George Pickens, who's turned out to be uh, the freak that we thought he was. Don Blaylock had some big plays this year before he got hurt. And then you're adding just more size and, and obviously speed with Arian Smith and Jermaine Burden. Marcus Rosemey is as reliable as it gets. As it, you know, you look at wide receivers in this 2020 class. And then Justin Robinson is a 6'4 guy who's finally healthy and he's kind of the under the radar guy in this class, the home state kid. So, so much talent there. And that wide receiver room is obviously flipped and uh, could be a strength of this team in the yeah. 2021 and 22 seasons when these guys start getting older. But you know, like you said earlier, before this year, we thought this was obviously Jake Fromm's last year. And, right. you know, he would be a first-round pick, and it looked like he was going to be. Um, but now you look at all the other quarterbacks in this class. Obviously, Joe Burrow probably going number one to uh, a lot of people like Justin Herbert out of Oregon, even though he's also had his struggles this year like well, Jake those, has. Those three for sure are in front of yeah. Jake. I don't think there's um, much question about that. Someone's going to reach and get Jacob Eason because that arm talent hasn't right. gone anywhere. He can still throw it 75 yards down the field. I think teams are going to fall in love with his arm. Uh, you've got the Utah State kid that people like. So, I mean, Fromm has, you know, he's probably looked at as behind most of those guys. Maybe not all of them, but uh, I, I do think it's a good quarterback class in 2020. And um, then you have, obviously, Trevor and Justin you know, if he decides uh, to stay as a senior and he'll be, you know, entering the draft with those guys. So uh, there's definitely a lot to think about if you're Jake. But at the end of the day, I do think he's going to come back. I don't know that for sure. I'm not sure anyone outside the family knows for sure. Uh, but I think that's what I'm kind of anticipating with, again, who knows how much longer this is going to go on. Well, frankly, it, you know, Jake may not know. He may have a, a particular suspicion um, about what, what he thinks he wants to do. I think he's probably still gathering data. Georgia starts school on Tuesday, and the um, NFL uh, draft, the, the deadline is not until the 20th, I believe. So it's still some way away. Uh, I did want to, uh, on the same path, though, You know, three of the four quarterbacks in the playoff this year are transfers, um, two of them in their first year at that particular school. I don't know if Georgia gets a transfer who they'll wind up with. Uh, and I'm not going to sit here and act like Carson Beck is Trevor Lawrence. But we've also seen – he could be Jake Fromm. We've also seen um, guys like Trevor, Jake, uh, Jalen at Alabama. They've all played as true freshmen So in the college football playoffs. So just because you're losing a guy who's done a lot doesn't mean – well, frankly, it doesn't eliminate you from anything. It just means that you're going to have to change some things. I mean, you know, the whole drumbeat this offseason was that Alabama and Clemson would play the national championship game again, that Tua Tagovailoa would go number one overall in the draft. We don't know anything right now about this time next year. And the ridiculousness of the way that, that people act like it, something is a certainty. Now, there are no certainties in sports, certainly not in college football. But when you do look, Matt, at this at this board for the dogs in the coming season, I mean, they, right today, today, they have 85 guys essentially on scholarship. That includes guys like Jake Fromm, Ben Cleveland, Solomon Kinley, um, people like that. And then, you know, they're not done with their 2020 class. There's always attrition in the um, in the world of college football, 
And at Georgia, that's going to be no different. But right now they have four quarterbacks, four running backs, 12 receivers, four tight ends, 18 offensive linemen, of which several are two-dot players or top 100 players, uh, 12 defensive linemen, 13 linebackers, of which almost everyone is a two-dot player, uh, 16 uh, defensive backs, and two specialists. We're going to have to see Zirkel come in and play well. Now, we don't... that. That's someone we don't know anything about, and he's going to have to come in and play well. But, hey, man, the pieces are all there, just like they were in 17 and 18 and 19. I mean, even I would say in 19, we didn't quite know it, but the pieces weren't as good maybe, particularly at receiver, as uh, we could have suspected because of the injuries along the way. There's no doubt. I I do think the defense is going to continue to get better. They were already one of the best defenses in school history. Didn't give up a single rushing touchdown to a running back all year. Just gave up two. They were both uh, mobile quarterbacks who kind of sneaked their way in there. But uh, George is going to be able to uh, hold teams to under 20 points on a consistent basis next year unless they run into this amazing Joe Joe Burrow type of player. Uh, they'll be fine. I think, you know, they'll add, they're adding so much athleticism on the defensive line too. And so I think, you know, while they've lost some veterans in this group, I think they're just restocking, reloading. And, uh, a lot of these defensive backs are starting to emerge, especially Lewis seen at at safety. So you are losing a guy like J.R. Reed, but I do think the defense should probably be better next year than it already was. Uh, the receiver rooms are going to get better. We don't know about running back yet. Obviously, losing DeAndre Swift is a giant loss. But Kendall Milton can come in and play, and there's still uncertainty whether they'll they'll bring in a second running back in this class. I think the backs are just going to be different than than Swift. I mean, there's going to be physical, brutal backs. I mean, McIntosh is a very sudden guy, Kenny McIntosh, but Zamir has changed his style – you know, Kendall Milton is a big bruiser. I mean, he can he can run away from people too, but that running back's room is going to be different because, you know, for the last three years, they've had DeAndre Swift. And, they, you know, since 2014, they've had a breakaway guy because they've either had DeAndre or they've had Sony. And, yeah. you know, who is the breakaway person? I would have thought it would have been Zamir a couple of years ago, but right now, leading into this season, it, it, you know, Zamir's style has changed. There's no doubt about that. I mean, that he's and, and he'll get better too. I think year two after these knee surgeries, will we might be able to see a different type of Zamir. But Kendall's a guy who breaks tackles. Yes, and I really think it's going to be up to the offensive line. Obviously, losing two guards. I mean, excuse me, the two tackles, um, and maybe a guard if you want to throw Ben Simmons in there. Uh, ben Cleveland, excuse me. Um, so the offensive line will be a little bit different and, and that's okay. I mean, those guys are really good, but it's not like Georgia ran all over everyone this year as they did in 27 and 2018. Um, but again, they've got enough talent there. What Sam Pittman's done, he, you know, the past few years, they should be fine. They're just reloading with more five-star guys. So, um, It's, it's hard to not see them as the favorite in the East. And if Fromm comes back, it's hard not to see them as the favorite in the conference, frankly. I mean, you know, if you're going to play Alabama on the road, it would be nice to have a, a veteran, yeah. experienced guy like Jake Crum who's played against Alabama before. Right. I think that might be the biggest deal for him. But uh, it, either way, George is going to have a really good team. But at the end of the day, I think they will be better with Jake Crum back there. Oh, I think they'd be better. But we, I don't. 
Well, I don't know. You know, we don't know what sort of phenomenon can happen in these one-year situations or, you know, I mean, could anyone possibly have predicted that Fromm would have won the Rose Bowl in his first year? I mean, that that seems impossible to think of, but when you look at the schedule that Georgia plays, you know, Virginia shouldn't be able to score on Georgia, then East Tennessee, and then you go at Alabama. That's probably the most challenging game, I would think. Louisiana Monroe, Vanderbilt, and Auburn at home. You know, Auburn's going to present challenges. You go to Missouri with a brand new coach out there. The Gators have not figured out really how to score on Georgia these last couple of years with Dan Mullen as their head coach. You go to you go to Carolina, and then you host Tennessee late. Maybe Tennessee will be better um, in twenty twenty. I don't I don't know. And then at Kentucky, and you close with Tech. I mean. Alabama sticks out, Auburn sticks out, Florida sticks out. I mean, what else is new? I mean, it's, it, it always seems to come down to, are you going to play well against the Gators so that you can get to Atlanta? And Jake Fromm has absolutely done that. If there's one thing he's done in his three-year career, it's, it's beat the Florida Gators and play right. well against Florida. Well, but I mean, someone's going to be the quarterback after Jake Fromm. I mean, right. everybody was so sold that Jacob Eason was going to take Georgia to the promised land. We can't know. I mean, what big game, by the way? I mean, uh, Tua has been a, it was it was an exceptional quarterback, particularly when George, when Alabama had the lead. What big game did Tua win that he started? That he started is a good question. I mean, they beat, I guess, LSU two years ago. I yeah, mean, that was a big tw- deal at the time. The 2019 LSU game. Was a big deal for sure. Well, it was a twenty. Excuse me, twenty eighteen LSU game. Right. Was a big deal. You said two years ago. I'm I'm getting curveballs here. No, once, we I'm not <laughs> once we go into the new year, it gets confusing for me. Right, but, right. I I think he beat Auburn once, but he's mm-hmm. definitely had his moments, and he's beat up on a lot of kind of bad, weaker teams in mm-hmm. uh, in the SEC and and elsewhere. But um, yeah, that was big news that he was leaving. I don't think anyone thought he would be coming back. But um, they'll, you know, they've, they've got to make it work with Mac Jones. And uh, we'll, we'll see how good he is. Well, he's but... just got to not throw interceptions. I mean, that, yeah. that's the biggest thing for him. But, I mean, you know, Alabama's going to be a very different team next year. Georgia's going to present a lot of, you know, uh, what am I trying to say? A lot of threats, I guess, to, to Mac Jones. They're going to make yeah, it difficult I mean, even I, playing I, in Tuscaloosa. That's a 50-50 game to me. I mean, I don't know who will be favored in it. My suspicion would be you would think Alabama would be favored just because it's on the road. But, <laughs> that, you know, they're not the same team this year as they have been in the past. And now they lose a, you know, a guy who, looking back on it, you know, Alabama hadn't exactly won as many national championships lately as they did in their heyday in the early 2000, 2000s. So, I mean, they're a hell of a program, but they're, you know, they did not finish 2019 the way that they wanted to. There's just no question. And they will have transition there. I mean, you start talking about the receivers that they're losing. I mean, there's there's issues there. Everyone has issues. I mean, Florida has issues. Bama uh, you know, Auburn probably, I would think, is going to be better than people suspect. Um, but if you're Georgia, you know, Georgia has lost one game in the last, each season, the last three seasons, they've lost one game in the regular season. Sometimes you can see it coming, um, maybe not the, the, the way in which they lost. And sometimes, like this past year against South Carolina, you couldn't see it coming. Um, but 
the margin of error for Georgia is significant. I mean, and I think it it's is. good for both teams that it's in earlier in the year because whoever loses that game still has, you know, national championship, you know, they're still in in the run. And, well, the only and, the only the only SEC team that has gotten into the uh, college football playoff without winning the conference has been Alabama. Right, and they so. would have to have you know LSU or Auburn obviously beat them and lose to whoever in the SEC title game. Probably Georgia again, but I, I mean it's going to be a long off season. It was last year too, and uh, <laughs> Georgia should have another really good year. So there's going to be a lot to talk about, and it's all going to start you know about Jake Fromm and his decision that he's got coming up very soon. Well, I don't think he's got very long to make it here. I mean, obviously, it's the 20th is the deadline, but my suspicion is this will happen this week. And we'll just have to see. I mean, our suspicion is that he's sticking around, but we don't know. I mean, right. we, we just do not know. And if he if he were to leave, that wouldn't exactly be stunning. Um, right. Not for this duo, at least. Or uh, the end of the world. <laughs> no, and I don't. I exactly. I think that's exactly right. I don't think it's the end of the world at all. I mean, right. Um, you know, Kirby Smart has done a pretty good job of figuring out how to replace people with transfers. I mean, you know, you start talking about Mo Smith, J.R. Reed. I mean, there have been some. There have been important transfer players. Um, I can't remember how to pronounce the punter's name. That came in for the 2017 season, but Nizalek. He, he was Cameron Nizalek. Yeah. He was unbelievably good. So, Eli Wolf had the big game-saving or winning catch against Florida this year. He wasn't great the whole year, but he's no. a guy who came in and played a lot. And I, I Lawrence Cager. I can't believe I didn't mention Lawrence Cager, but yeah. Um, yeah, they've done well with with transfer kids, and um, you know, we'll just see what they do. I mean, it, playing at Georgia is is going to be about as high as you can get for anyone who would think about transferring in. And that's, you know, this it's not playing at Maryland. This is this, right. is, a, this is a legitimate place to play and go win a national championship. All right, Dean Leggy, Matt DeBerry, thanks for joining us for another edition of the uh, Riding Home here on Dog Post. Hopefully all this stuff will get uh, solved soon. Make sure to subscribe and uh, click on the video up there. I'm going to link you to uh, the three most important players coming into this 2020 class.